Ladies and gentlemen, you can hear that. We're hearing the sounds of an actual spacecraft from another world. As recorded by Billy Meyer, out in the open field many years ago, decades ago as a matter of fact. So, we're going to bring in and bring out a lot of material tonight. And as, as those sounds finally come back down to Earth and fade away, Hi, Michael Horn here for the UFO Report. This is actually our second show. The first show, I kind of introduced it saying I was moving into a new home. And I feel like um, we we are almost set up in that home at this point. So I'm going to be trying some different things tonight in terms of my presentations live. And I wanted to talk a little bit about something I always, in those presentations, uh, bring as a question. If the contacts are real. What is the reason for them? And I often offer a couple of basic answers, one of which is it isn't for me or anybody else to create a career lecturing about UFOs, per se. It isn't meant for people to run around and chase lights in the sky. The answer, as I have determined for myself after well, we're in our 45th year of research on this, is to help us assure our very threatened future survival. So having said that, I, I want to, I actually just want to open up a presentation tonight. I want to share a screen with you, if we can, if it's around here somewhere. Um we we have put together we my hands and myself we put together a presentation and we're as i said we just moved into a new place so we've got a couple of challenges in terms of the sharing the screen sharing and i've got a screen share i'm going to stop it and i'm going to restart it to try and get this shared with you so that we can do our work our little hopefully a little bit of magic here well that seems to have stalled or not uh, maybe participants can now see it good i want to see it too but that's another matter so i do see it tonight on the ufo report we're going to deal with a, the actual um, title of a blog i put out today and that title was Billy Myers, oops, Billy Myers predictions. Did he cheat? Did he cheat? So we're going to look at a bunch of stuff, especially <clears throat> headlines that have been in the news. And we're going to get onto it. And hopefully this is going to start to flow beautifully in a moment. And the first thing is 10 foot aliens in Las Vegas backyard. 10-foot aliens in Las Vegas. So the 10-foot aliens went on a gambling spree or something or other. What happened was, now that all of this alien stuff is uh, so prominent, we're getting all the phenomenalistic events we could ever ask for. There is a family, as hopefully you can see on screen. They dialed 9-11 to claim there were 10-foot aliens in their backyard. And now this was so distressing for them with all of the attention these poor folks were getting that they were threatening to shoot people who show up 
you know, because everybody's interested in phenomenon and they're not so interested in protecting other people's privacy, respecting them, their rights, and all that good stuff. So these 10-foot aliens went on a gambling spree. And this is a shot from the news. The circle is, I think it's one of the, you know, there's there's a bright light up, and it's either the moon or the ship. Something that came through was sighted by a lot of people in Las Vegas. And then it coincided, apparently, with these poor people becoming totally like deer in the headlights um, as they're being interviewed here, that you can see there's a slight variety in expressions. I actually like this because there's a little more expression going on that you can try to interpret. You got the kid in the lower, our lower right, okay, he's the, on the left lower for the family, and he's got this little attitude going on. I like that. He's looking at the guy who's interviewing them for the news show. His Apparently his brother next to him is a little questionable what he's up to. I, I don't know. Is he ready to pounce on this poor guy, or is he just taking it all in? And the mother, I guess, she's got some considerations going on. And the father looks just a tad zoned out and a little bit unable to decide what he should be doing. Now, also in the news, and I'm sure it isn't news to anybody by now, Jaime Masson and his masterful melodrama. Alien bodies with the three-fingered hands and all of this stuff. Now, just for those of you who may not know, Jaime Masson is a journalist who's been investigating UFOs for sure for decades. He's one of the first people to go and meet with Billy and to interview him. Uh, he has an interview program coming up that was filmed, interviews of Billy, that's going to be out hopefully in English soon. Segments of it appeared in Spanish. And he's run into some trouble. He he, in the past, I guess it was a couple of years ago, claimed to have some other mummies. And then there was a big controversy that they really weren't mummies of, you know, extraterrestrials. They were human beings, Earth human beings. Um, the fact that they had three fingers on each hand apparently didn't seem to factor into the equation. I don't know. I, I, I know that Jaime Musan has also covered a lot of sensationalistic things. He's very present presenter online and he has quite an industry going he's got his videos get tons and tons of of views and he keeps bringing forward billy's information he gets far more views in the u.s on the information for the most part than we do or any other of the uh, american oh, youtube channels or anything like that so in this particular case jaime musan claims to have found these mummies. We're looking at one of the photographs that's been online. And I took this particular one for a reason that I'll get into in a moment. Now, I cannot tell how valid this is as a real artifact. When Aimee Moussan presented this, he really upset all the uh, you know, American know-it-alls I guess it's Ryan Graves who was down there and who thought something else was going to happen. And he was apparently outraged, calling it a, you know, a stunt, a hoax. Oh, he was, uh, he was quite vocal about that. So let's look at this. Now, 
who can tell very much from this? Apparently, Jaime has had some uh, x-rays done. I was looking around because I did at one point see some scans of the head. And that's what I'm most interested in, in this particular photograph. Because the skull, if we can just determine a little bit more, that skull seems to protrude back a considerable distance, almost as much or who knows, maybe a little more than the protrusion of the front part of the face. Now, that's an interesting kind of a thing for somebody to come up with and to try to hoax. Could be done. But when we look at, these are actual skulls that are in museums. These types of skulls with the elongated cranium protruding backwards have appeared in museums and in artwork in Egypt and in South America. And Billy Meyer has written about what he calls the long skulled. So these long skulled people are said to have been present and somewhat prevalent at certain times in South America and in Egypt. And I'm saying South America, let's include, you know, Central, South America, Latin America, however you want to look at that. And these are human beings. Now, there are some skulls, there are some artifacts and some information, even photographs of contemporary people who have elongated skulls, either because of a cultural tradition of binding the skull to look this way, apparently carrying on a tradition of emulating the cranial features of gods that appeared in their countries long ago. Or there may be also some genetic um, effects that arise where people, uh, some gene that could have been passed down from an original race who did some perhaps intermingling, intermarrying, interbreeding with terrestrial humans, where those genes popped up, you know, these types of things happen. Now, I will tell you, there's far more information, A, from Billy Meyer on our blog, and great articles from contributors who've gone to great lengths to do rather in-depth analysis and research, historical research, into the archaeology, the artwork, the representation, the uh, physical you know, remnants, the skulls of supposed long skull and some other cultures that it appears were probably extraterrestrial. And this figures in, in some ways, to today's events, because some of the long skulls or long skulled ones may still be present under the earth or above. They may factor into some things that will be occurring. I'm going to leave it to you to do the research there. So if you're calling in tonight with any specific, um, what do you call questions about it? I don't have more information right now about it. I do hope you guys will call in, and if you can be patient, so we'll run through a bunch of this stuff, check and see if there's any calls. If there's no calls, we'll come back to it, and then if there's calls, we'll try and 
get them in here. We're going to be having some interesting guests, people who are going to come in with reports from other countries, not tonight, but we're working on all this, and people who are actually fairly credible in terms of their research, unlike uh, almost everybody, in my opinion, that's rushing to push themselves forward with ufology. So this is 1976. I think it's really 1975. It's a typo. Photos with UFOs overhead or a UFO overhead. Well, we'll see. Now, this is, you're going to show you where this can be found, this text. The problem is that this text is, and I don't know, perhaps you can see that it's this photo inventarium, but this text is present in the photo inventarium book in German. And the English translation here may suffer a little bit. We threw it into uh, DeepL. So for those who are only listening, and who, you know, I hope you can see this, but I'll read it. There's a Mr. Linegar or Linegar personally obtained slide film, which he inserted into Billy's camera. That's Billy Meyer. After which he, Linegar, took the camera and handed back to Billy at the shooting location so that he could take the photos. And after taking the photos, Mr. Linegar took the camera back to himself and removed the exposed film, which he personally took to the photographer. I think he means to a photographic shop or developer because he didn't bring it back to Billy. I'm pretty sure it was not until several days later that Billy received the developed slides back from Mr. Linegar. Consequently, Billy Meyer had no control over the film of the slides. Now, that's going to be germane to what we see next here. Here is this group of people. There may have been, uh, I think there's actually eight, maybe it was seven. Somebody might be standing behind. And we see a UFO hovering over their head. So let's remember there's a group of people that came out together in 1975. Billy's camera is loaded with film by another person who attested to all of this. And the people there don't see anything. It's only later when the film is developed that they find this UFO in this kind of, you know, slightly fogged out, but still distinct enough to see what it is. This is slide 100. Uh, There's a number of uh, related slides we're going to get through and some that may or may not be quite related. Let's see what's next. Now, The craft has moved over to the side. Again, Billy is standing there taking a sequence of photographs. Hmm. So we do find that there's eight, but it was a very small child who was not quite visible in the previous photo. And yet here's another one. The photographer's, uh, Billy knows where to point the camera because he's in contact ostensibly with Sam Yaze. But before we leave slide 139, I direct the viewer's attention to the center of the screen just above and to the right, you know, the right of the screen a little bit to the left of the child. There's a UFO. How could there be two UFOs there? There wasn't. According to the information in the book and in the case, what we have here is Semiaze able to move and or somehow project her craft to two places at the same time within the click of the camera in one photograph. Nothing to believe. We've got to figure it out for ourselves, right? Here, now, much more clear. A little bit of the fog is lifted. 
photo 140, 141. Now it's again, she's over to the side or the people might have moved a little bit. Billy might have moved. They're a little more spread out. And back at 42, <laughs> there they are again. He took a lot of photos. Here it is at a strange angle. Well, not that strange, really, but again, at a slight tilt. Now, another one, 144. So he's snapping them in a sequence. And 146. I don't know why we didn't put 145 then. I think it was weird. Now, this looks like just another photo. I'm going to, for while this slide is up, I draw your attention to the lower right-hand corner of this photo. You are not incorrect if you think you see some vague evidence of photos of some people standing. And the, the legend here, the story is that they somehow projected that onto the photograph. Those are people standing there, I'm pretty sure. And that was projected onto the photograph, while the most pro prominent feature here is the UFO. And here's in the For What It's Worth department, a not terribly useful zoom in on that. But they've gone to a lot of trouble to create some kind of a presentation here in 1975, long before Photoshop. And Billy is a one-handed guy who couldn't, I'm sure, figure out how to take a camera loaded with film, shoot all the photographs, and then somehow afterwards insert the UFOs. Or maybe he did. Anyway, there it is. Okay. So here, this is, it was said that in this photo, number 138, this is the way the craft appeared. It was almost translucent when it was, this photo was developed. Even more so here, as if perhaps it's coming in and going out or going out and coming in of dimension somehow. I don't know. So that is all available in the photo inventarium. You know, most of the photos that we're familiar with in Billy's case uh, that get widely circulated, there's 20 or 30. There's 617 in this book. That's probably why most people have never seen those preceding photos before. Now, here's one of my favorite things. It's the fake evil alien threat agenda. Go back to the thing we opened up with a nice little family. They were, you know, uh, seeing 10-foot-tall aliens in their backyard. I don't know that they weren't. And there is some information that Billy has been publishing sort of all along. And we'll get to a little more of a hint here about what that could be. But so far, we haven't actually seen a threat. We've seen phenomena, if you will, from this UAP vantage point. Certainly lights in the sky, fuzzy video, some better than others, but we haven't been evidencing any kind of an actual threat, especially since these folks, the Pentagon and all that, all these people have been telling us, and especially with the government first feeding it in, when the government admits that they've known for 70 years. See, this is before these recent announcements. This is still all this stuff about Lou Elizondo, the former intelligence guy. I don't think so. So we, we now have something else. We've got Billy Meyer talking about 
you know, the the reality of the threat coming from military, secret military craft attacks, if anything. And he's he's spoken about this. This was a, a video from you know, a good number of years ago, 2015, whatever. And he had also, at the time of uh, the Tic Tac events, we brought forward another video of his from 2015 in which he speaks about these five groups and where they are and only a little bit about them. But basically, he's describing prior to our seeing any Tic Tac videos eight years earlier, Billy Meyer is talking about phenomena, if you will, connected to other beings living either, well, prominently under the surface, under the surface. So that brings us to, I'm sure some of you are already familiar, you know, this is work about the UFO stealth photos that, you know, could help prevent World War III. Now that's kind of important stuff, but why was it titled that way? And I have spoken about it before, but I've learned from Billy that repetition is indeed, you know, the mother of learning, teaching and learning. Um, when these photos, when we discovered the photos and sent them off, I didn't, I thought they were of uh, 1975 or 76 Mirage jet interacting with one of Billy's UFOs. The fact is that that wasn't what these photos were. It's not what they are at all. These photos, we have a, a photograph prominently displayed here, so you'll know that there's a, a date associated with this photo of a U.S. top secret stealth plane that was, at, you know, photographed June 18, uh, 1981 when the uh, flight was, you know, conducted under the uh, guidance, I believe, of Hal Farley, who signed the photo. He's, I'm sure he's the guy sitting in the cockpit. Now, with this whole thing, if I get an advance going on here, we move over to this one about the future existence of the USA. We have first ones we want to talk about preventing World War III. These photos are the key to that. And then the future existence of the USA, depending on Congress acknowledging UFO stealth fire photos, because we had been asked and we forwarded to National Security Advisor for Representative Andre Carson's committee, supposedly investigating UFOs and the great threat. We forwarded to him a number of photos I think five of there may be an originally here like seven photos. If, if I can get the cooperation of my friend here, find out. Oh, so back to this. Okay, let's go. Ah, there we are. So, what I'm going to show you here are those photos. Hopefully, you've got some device where they're clear enough. If not, all this stuff is freely available on our site. That is the stealth coming in, an approach. That is Askett's craft. And on the ground somewhere, and we think this is Area 51, it hasn't been sufficiently clarified and confirmed, but that's what we were initially told. Wendell Stevens, Lieutenant Colonel Wendell Stevens, is hiding somewhere on Area 51 property uh, at the risk of his life, clearly. Asket, the pilot of the UFO, is right there. She somehow assisted him. Somebody will get all the firm details. The craft, her craft is not moving, but the stealth is. And we had that confirmed 
by a guy named Xavier Thunder, a, a photographic expert formerly with Kodak, who was able to also show from the information on the back of the photo that indeed these were processed by Kodak in the 1980s, presumably 1981. So here the stealth has come in. It appears to be banking a bit. You interpret it your own way. Wendell just took the photos. We, there might have been some other things in here. But now the, the craft is heading back. Asket's ship has remained fairly steady throughout all of this. And she tilts a bit. But for whatever reason, perhaps the stealth is a bit more in the foreground here. And then off she goes. Jaime Lusson arranged for a photographic and digital expert he knows to take those five photographs and make them into a, uh, you know, a composite, if you will, the way he saw fit to do it. And we see how interesting the two first photos in the lower left, Askett's craft, kind of in the same relationship, pretty much. Then she tilts and the other one straightens out a little. And then the next one is a little lower. Whatever, it could have been Wendell's perspective. We don't know. So now we get to this part of the program, the Pleiarian Proclamation. This is tied in, in my opinion, with all that has just preceded this whole phony UFO threat thing that's been going on for a while, the, the danger of a fake ET attack, the acknowledgement by Meyer and the Plaran for some time, there are other folks here, they have craft too, and they spoke a little bit about the circumstances under which, by which, these, some of these folks would make themselves very well known, much to the discomfort of the Western powers, meaning us and our allies, should we go ahead and keep, keep on going to push for this war with Russia, China, and all that, and how somebody from this group or groups is going to make things very, very bad for us. So what we have, oops, how did that happen? There we go. It's because they can't handle this one. There we go. So this is the Play Aaron Proclamation. And I will read this because I think we can start to see now the connections a little bit, the importance, the implications the flying apparatuses called UFOs by Earth humans have no relation to us, play Aaron, and our flying apparatuses. I thought that would have been a different word like apparatus or something. The flying apparatuses of the foreigners, as well as the incidents of any kind concerning them, which have occurred or will continue to con to occur in connection with the flying objects, as well as with the foreigners themselves, do not concern us playarn. Note that Billy has said, and I think we know from some reports, that American fighter craft have fired at and claim to maybe have, uh, you know, destroyed some objects. And, oops, here we go again. You're with me. Now, the player and go on to say, we play our and have in no wise interfered in any earthly events and will also never interfere whatever may happen. That's 
telling us there's something, incidents of any kind, whatever may happen. We play our and will therefore not interfere in any earthly matters, events, and occurrences that may arise in the future. This also not in one or the other context concerning the foreigners and their UFO apparatus. Now, I put this together because what has occurred to me in the past, in the recent past, when since all this stuff is rising into public awareness, is that should there be some incident that isn't, or even if it was a fake American attack, whereby the, the, uh, the evil aliens, and then what would be the next logical thing if they needed some scapegoats, well, there's this Swiss group and people around the world that are in league with evil aliens. Could happen. Now, what if they did that? What if the Playaren did not dissociate themselves right off the bat? Well, it doesn't guarantee. But there was an incident, and I will describe it because uh, only some people know about it, and I won't go too far. There was an incident a few months ago where somebody connected to an American group put up a, what they thought was a harmless little meme online. And if I recall correctly, it ended with, we are Figu, we are unstoppable. I saw that, I was shown that, and I immediately asked the person who showed it to me, please get this to Billy right away. I was in Switzerland, but I, did, I knew that there was someone coming, he could get it to Billy right away. And Meyer apparently saw that in the same light. From what I understand, certain repercussions occurred, whereby that was absolutely, uh, you know, disavowed, to put it mildly. And my concern when I saw that was, here's one of those intermediary links. We are Figu or Billy Meyer's group. We are unstoppable. Oh, and now there's these objects. Hey, this this would be like a natural for intelligence agencies and all of that. So, hey, let's go after these people. That Meyer guy's troublesome, and we just really don't think we need to indulge him anymore. And we're going to wrap up all the Americans who are causing trouble by trying to wake people up to the horrors that you know the government and the military are proceeding with, and a few other things. So, Billy Meyer's strange prediction, and this goes to. Uh, I'll go back for a second, I think. This goes back to that little bullet point that was talking about, did Billy Meyer cheat? Now, I'm going to take one example here tonight, and only one example, but I will, that I'm going to show on screen, and I'm going to then tell you a little more. A lot of people know the rest of it, but here it is. In 1949, Billy Meyer, 12-year-old kid, writes... From 1989 onwards, America's presidents will become particularly blatant criminals and criminals. For their métier will be to preserve America, wait for it, and make it great again. 1949, America, make it great again. Which will lead to much military and intelligence activity as well as occupations, interferences, murders, and wars all over the world, especially in the Orient, we sometimes call that Asian these days, I guess, the Middle East and the Far East, just as America has tried over the decades 
to seize control of various countries through war and all kinds of skirmishes, including the war in Vietnam that began in 1955 and lasted for 20 years. So let's go. What, what am I talking about? Billy Meyer cheat. Well, tell me, how does a 12-year-old kid in Switzerland in 1949 use a phrase, just, just transpose two words, and make it great again, and make America great again, M-A-G-A? How did he do that? Well, let me just say, in case you don't know, that we have over 250 specific examples. And in a strange way, I'm going to admit it. This one is questionable. Let's just be honest here, because the only question here is, so that's why I asked the chief, is, well, do we have his original letter from 1949 i don't think we do but we've got dozens and dozens and a couple hundred plus examples of such and even more specific where he names people and events and tells you it's going to come like the seven foot tall giants and the uh countries and you know blazing in the american islands will i mean things that it doesn't take a genius to put together and you can prove well yeah it's copyrighted then so I wanted to make a comment about a book that's called The Might of the Thoughts. And the reason I want to talk about it is because there is a conspiracy, and I might have touched on this before, and it's the real elite conspiracy, not the one that people worry about, which has in many ways certain merits. But this is the conspiracy that you should be most most concerned about. The so-called elite who put their children in the best and most elite schools. And if the, if the kids are educable, they get the best so-called education, uh, extremely high percentage of lawyers and all who go into politics, who go into business. It's not, I'm not giving you a qualitative uh, opinion, just the, the way it is. But what they know and what they teach their children to is the might of the thoughts. Now, not the full teaching of it. They teach them how to use their thoughts, and they themselves are fairly masterful to go after precisely what they want to attain in life, what they want to amass in life, what they want to accumulate in life. Okay? So what we're talking about now, that was the end of that presentation, is why and how so many people are really impotent in their lives, even when they can see things supposedly as they are. Oh my gosh, our world is being manipulated. Uh, the evil elite, we're going to be bio Because what the mass has been trained to do is to spin its wheels, to seek out entertainment and diversion, to settle the answers that they're given by the outside authorities that are the rulers over people's minds and their lives to a great degree as well. It doesn't have to be their way, but so it is. So what happens is millions and billions of human beings are indeed subjugated, subject to the will and machinations of a relatively small number of people who simply know how that part of life, thinking, the law of cause and effect work. They 
don't concern themselves because they're not necessarily reading Billy's books. They've just figured out, I want that. And they go for it. Well, okay. They're not concerned with what is a conscience-based way of thinking that is comprehensive and that takes in the overall good, what's good for people, what's good for the world, for the plant life and all this stuff. No, they are only concerned in the attainment, the amassing, the unnecessary, and the, you know, just accumulation of power. Money, at a certain point for some people, it isn't even equivalent to the power they have, but they have a lot of money, too. Now, a side note, in a recent contact report of Billy's, he seems to be hinting, maybe even a little more than hinting in it, that had Russia not made the dreadful mistake, quote-unquote, of taking a criminal act, launching a war that they had been, according to this information, provoked into, these people who are only might-oriented, consciousness is not part of the game. They're just might and power-oriented. Under the leadership of this uh, incapacitated leader that we have and all the other parties who are party to the machinations of military uh, you know, decisions and acts, acts of war, et cetera, that according to the way I understand what Billy said, there would have been a nuclear attack against Russia, that, that they wouldn't have even been waiting for this. But this played into their hands in a different way, but it spared the world, it spared us for now. The horrors of these weapons being used. So what are we to do so that we are not floating helplessly or feeling like we are in the midst of the things that occur? Well, I could be just an honest downer and say, well, don't worry too much about that right now. Figure out, and of course, I think this is valid, figure out what you're going to do to help protect yourself, your immediate family and circle, and others of like mind to prepare as best you, we can, to to deal with these types of things. And by the way, now that we're done with the PowerPoint, if there are any folks that do want to call in, great. And I hope over time we'll be getting people from out of the country. It's just our time zone even though they can make the call in, our time zone isn't yet quite convenient for a lot of people overseas. It's eight, nine, ten-hour differences, and it's later at night. Anyway, what we have to, to recognize now when we speak about seeing things as they really are, not just as we want them to be, that's a different thing when we are visualizing and affirming and acting, thinking, feeling, and acting towards those ends. We now know that we have to put our thinking, feeling, and acting in our preparations in order in order to survive. We now know from everything that we've been experiencing that prices are going up on everything, that the quality of everything, including food and products you buy, in many cases is subpar. Certain things 
have already become more scarce, if not unavailable. So the handwriting is not just on the wall, it's chiseled in stone. And, it, you know, you can you can read it if you need to rub your hand across it to just feel the letters. Feel those letters right there. What does that say? You know, mm, wake up. So we have this wake up call. It's nothing new. Billy Meyer and the play, aren't we? 1949, this kid, America, make it great again. And then in even in these early contexts, he's talking about this chaotic president that will come into power. And he's talking about a lot of things, diseases that we somehow are a little familiar with now as well, which we won't go into should we be broadcasting on YouTube. Well, what do you do? You don't go deer in the headlights. But if you're going to pause, instead of knowing right away, you know, I think I've taken care of everything. Well, then, may we invite you to contemplate and share with us. For instance, there's this, I think there's a caller here. If there is, unless I misunderstood it, please will welcome the caller. And if not, I'll carry on. Because I think that uh, we've gone past. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Hey, Michael. Hey, this is Tommy uh, from New York calling in. Thank you for uh, doing this tonight. Excellent information as always. Um, I fully agree that, you know, Billy is kind of fully hinting and and warning 100% that things are about to get real bad here in the States. And um, one one thing I wanted to ask you that I haven't seen in a while uh, is the information about the last Pope, um, you know, being the Catholic church and like basically when this last Pope, which I I've calculated to be this last Pope, um, that's when things are really going to go bad. And, you know, the the religion is going to go downhill and and everything that's happening there. I just wanted to get your thoughts on, on that particular topic. Um, I apologize. It's kind of off topic a little bit, but uh, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. Well, it's all, it's not off topic really because all these things are interrelated, intermingled, et cetera. Now I have in my recollection and I don't have it in front of me at some point pertaining to that. Billy was asked about that and he said somehow some prophecies are not predictions. So those things can remain fluid until they hit the point of no return. From what I recall him saying, there might be some folks out there that even know specifically where that info is, that prophecy may have changed. And it doesn't even now mean that necessarily this guy is the last one. So I think it's like for all of us now, wow, that's kind of interesting because the Henoch prophecies, I mean, everything in there practically is is guaranteed. It's underway. Billy Meyer, you know, foretells the war with Russia that we are just hell bent, you know, to, to prosecute and further provoke he describes ai computer and laser-based weapons that are going to turn against the people that create i mean 1987 1987 uh and it goes on and on the russian troop movements the wtc warning it's all in there and then earlier you know the earlier prophecies from the patale level i think those are pretty much you know predictions i think we'll find that info somewhere in Get it on the blog. And if you want to, you know, anybody wants to go on the blog somewhere and throw that question in so that when we get around 
to recovering doing this. We'll go and look, and other folks who work, you know, on the blog will find the information and will post it for sure. So I thank you for bringing that up. It's a very interesting prophecy, and especially being so specific and describing things. Did they? Because the, we know from the Meyer material, they've said it. The Vatican, they know Billy's material. They know who he is. And they certainly are not welcome, you know, not welcoming him and what he brings to the world in this incarnation. So maybe they went, well, we can do an end run around this, bring in somebody who isn't Petrus Romanus. And, uh, you know, our people that try to, it seems, do end runs around uh, the prophecies and what's going to befall our country, you know, because they, they just play with these things and the lives of so many people. But that's the best I can answer on this one, I'm afraid. So please feel free to put it as a question somewhere in the, in the blog, too. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely, Michael. Thank you for that. And um, will do. I know I know there's a lot of material to, to, to remember from, you know, 1940, 40s and the 80s, you know, when Billy put this stuff out. So um, absolutely, I'll actually do the, the, the digging myself. Um, you know, I've came across it recently so i'll I'll post a, a link to it and and people can read it for themselves so thank you for taking my call great my pleasure thank you thank you i appreciate it very much it was vincent yeah. i think thanks for doing all yeah. the work uh, <laughs> okay bye-bye so yeah if anybody if anybody out there wants to chime in here in the, in the few minutes we've got left uh please do and you know we we I'm, because I, I have help putting this together. So if you have particular questions Vincent that you want to call, oh, well, here we go. Let's just get to the, the person online too and save the other thing. Hi there. Hi. Hi, Hi there. Oh, Who's that? Uh, am, I, am I Michael? Yes. Oh, okay. This is. So nice to hear you. And well, nice uh, to hear you. Thank you. Because uh, I guess it, may, it might have been about five, six years ago, I came across one of your presentations at a UFO conference center. And mm-hmm. um, you started going into Emmanuel in the Talmud Emmanuel. And for some reason, I don't know why, maybe it's just your personality or, or and the information but a truly overwhelming sense of truth came to me and I embraced the Meyer contacts and the the love the peace the harmony which is the core of the teachings and there's so much more but <laughs> thank you Michael thank you so much and I really hope that the world can wake up and understand the only way forward is love, peace, and harmony. You betcha. And freedom, too. Thank you. Thank you very much. And our thanks really have to go, obviously, to Billy and the play Aaron. I would say this. Okay, 45 years I've been into the material. I have no real understanding of the magnitude of what's involved, what has been involved in this entire mission from the time, let's say, Hanok came on the scene 
uh, Hanak, uh, Elijah, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Emmanuel, falsely called Jesus Christ, and even Muhammad. And the final reincarnation of the spirit form being Billy Edward Albert Meyer and what he has done through his own efforts, working, yes, with the greatest teachers, but to be able to bring forward this information, this teaching, to somehow, pardon me, survive and surmount the brutality of this world and these people that we humans are, despite people trying to kill him and vilify since childhood, defaming and beating and all. I mean, let alone all the time travel stuff. And I was talking to somebody today who was a lawyer, a legal person, and we're talking about some information here that I'll be presenting to them. And I said, it's easy to prove to a scientific and legal standard of proof, space and time travel. In our current media, with all their fascination, all the hype and pumping up of 10-foot-tall aliens and tiny little mummies and all the rest of the stuff and everything in between, with all of the people rushing to the fore, there's nothing of substance. They have no, not even one piece of verifiable, you know, evidence manufactured, authenticated as of extraterrestrial manufacture. Not one. Despite all these claims, they have not one sentence of scientifically significant information. And yet this body of material is attacked, vilified, suppressed, ignored, dismissed, because it's inconvenient for the materialistically power-hungry people. And now that they have an ever-increasingly dumb population to work with, they can push forward all this phony stuff, all the phony stuff. Now, I want to make sure I'm not over my time here. I guess I have a couple minutes left. Meyer's material, this evidence, I often say to people, you know, after doing this for so long, I think that this, I think that this is mainly, thank you, for the survivors. So I have a couple minutes of talk about it. And that means it conjures up for me the people that come after us, whether it's my age group or your age group, but the younger and the younger and the younger. But it also is for people living today who are survivors. We're not just talking about running into bunkers. We're talking about who survived the brainwashing, who survived the manipulation, who survived the cynicism, who survived the commercialism, who survived the disinformation, misinformation, bad education, and carry on in their own way and with any next to them, to us, this invaluable teaching. Don't have to run around and shake the rafters and certainly don't go out and protest and create a mess in the streets. The revolution begins within. You know, many years ago, sorry, I just have to tell you this, like back in 1967 or 68 somewhere, I was really briefly on A&M Records and they had me work up something for my promo. And I remember writing, the revolution begins within. I didn't know what the hell I was talking about, not at that age, but that is the truth. And it is certainly more so the truth these days. So 
And as Meyer said, don't sacrifice yourself. Don't run out there and, you know, make yourself an unnecessary target. Do the right things and advance your thinking and your consciousness, the evolution of consciousness. And the best way, what's the best way? The might of the thoughts and the rest of Billy's books. In any, if you can read German, he's probably about 60 books. We've got about 10 of them. This isn't just pumping a book sales thing. Yeah, it's great. We're, we have a little bookshop. We're glad when people, you know, we Mongolia, China, also people also around the world. And mainly, like, now we have a great guy. He's been there for a while. I'm not, I mean, just a Savio in Hong Kong. He's got a bookstore in Hong Kong serving Asia primarily. In the past, we had people that simply ordered from us from Asia. But now, you know, he's right there, right? And Canada, you know, and Switzerland, and, and and all this. So what we need to do is to share the information in a different way as well. That is what Billy does is teaching by example. So if we are learning this, if we're applying it in our lives and we are going, well, my life really is better, not just, you know, get another car. It's just the quality of life, the quality of relationship, the quality of my relationship to nature as well as to my spouse, my girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it is, my family, my co-workers. I'm not out proselytizing. I'm living this inside myself, and I'm seeing each person as the other. I'm seeing each person as a part piece of this creation, of this universe, walking around in front of me. I've I've tried to maintain that for some time in my life because it makes it easier for me to love people even if I don't like them. And we we really should remember, we, we don't have to like everything in our lives. We should love life itself and be grateful for this one-off. Oh, yes, there's reincarnation, but you and I as the personalities we are. This is in Billy's book. Um, what is, oh, gosh, I got to show you the book because this is the book that will tell you and teach you, if I grab the right one. Oh, yeah. Rebirth, life. Dying, death, and sorrow. A masterpiece. Oh, can we get it in there? This is me with this camera thing. Well, trust me, it's here. Mm, there we go. Okay. Told myself to sit back. This book on rebirth. You just even go to the bookstore there. Go to the blog, theyflyblog.com. You'll find the bookstore and you'll be able to find that book. That is so eye opening. And I'm just at the part in there where Billy talks, but he talks about a lot of stuff pertaining to dying and death and the harmony of life, nothing is lost. And then he says about the actual dying. It's painless. It's a very serene thing. Now, there may be things that precipitate that that are not so serene in life, but I'm going to read more to find out because I have to stop right at that point. But that book is so... You know, every we're all going through this journey, folks, sooner or later. We take the exit and punch the card. This just takes away the religious delusion, the power of these beliefs and fears and illusions. Oh, you're going to see your relatives on the other side. I mean, crazy stuff that people made up. And I guess we bought into that for a long time. Don't have to. You start to read this and reasoning. And it comes from within. Yeah, this rings true. Not that all that hellfire and brimstone and all. I'm living this life. I didn't 
know about it before. And this I, as an ego, won't be your next I. But there's another incarnation, hopefully, an evolution of consciousness in life as we all move towards certain things described in that book. So I want to thank you very much for hanging in tonight and uh, tell your friends and tune in. And we're working on getting some people, trying to get some people in the so-called remote viewing community that think they can predict everything or describe everything. And they, they're not responding too well at all right now. I'm going to try if you know any folks there, encourage them. And so I will bid you goodbye with that. I will say Salome, you know, and stay safe and serene. And have a good one. This is the UFO report on the Billy Meyer UFO contacts. Thank you.